Welcome to Conspiracy Theoryology, a 12-episode podcast series hosted by Emma Marti, a senior at Piedmont University. Emma and a guest will be discussing and dissecting a theory, all while questioning the origin of the claims. Host Emma Marti and all guests are not supporting any theories, but simply looking at information to dive into the belief of the theory. On this episode of Conspiracy Theoryology, I was joined by Professor Ryan Franklin, Associate Professor of History at Piedmont University. For this episode, we are diving into the conspiracy theories behind the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. On November 22, 1963, President John F. Kennedy was assassinated on his presidential tour in Dallas, Texas. The gunman was identified as Lee Harvey Oswald. Throughout history, this is what was accepted as the whole truth but some still believe this is not the full truth. The conspiracy theories behind JFK's assassination range from the CIA being involved to Cuban interference, with little evidence to confirm or deny those claims. One of the major theories behind the reason for JFK's assassination is that the Cuban government was essentially behind the murder. Um, But apparently Oswald took a trip to Mexico City and tried to make contact with Cuban Soviet officials, which people see as evidence to really support the theory. So first of all, are you familiar with that notion? Yeah, uh, a little bit. Um, When it comes to Oswald, the one that I'm more familiar with is the fact that he was some type of, maybe not KGB agent, Mm -hmm. uh, but that he had gotten some type of training. um, and, And the theory that I'm referring to is... Uh, one that centers around the KGB wanting to get back at JFK because of the quote-unquote embarrassment uh, caused by the Cuban Missile Crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I am familiar with kind of just those, uh, the, the rumors that he had uh, had contact mm-hmm. with either Cuban officials or even Soviet officials in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you see that as, do you see any legitimacy behind that type of theory? I mean, possibly, I guess. It's, um, you know, I guess with all these theories, there are, I guess, threads that maybe you could pull and um, not being able to find evidence that contradicts that kind of, I guess, is what gives, you know, oxygen to Mm -hmm. a lot of these theories. Um, But, you know, I do think it is interesting considering kind of the broader KGB possible role uh, in his assassination. Mm -hmm. Um, But even that, I think, is uh, a little bit flawed because, you know, historians debate whether or not the Cuban Missile Crisis was actually an embarrassment to, to the Soviet Union. I mean, definitely back to uh, hawkish hardliners in the Soviet government, like they, they didn't want to take those missiles out of Cuba. Um, but it's important we keep in mind that uh, the United States, we promised to take our missiles out of Turkey, our Jupiter missiles. But on top of that, we also pledged to never uh, try to overthrow Castro again. Mm -hmm. And so that argument about the KGB wanting to get back at Kennedy because of the Cuban Missile Crisis embarrassment, I think is um, based off of uh, a flawed argument because you could argue that we actually lost the Cuban Missile Crisis. I mean, on on the one hand, uh, nobody loses from uh, a nuclear war being averted. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, we had to give up more than the Soviet Union did. Mm -hmm. So... I feel like the biggest thing that I'm realizing with conspiracy theories and doing my research is just that there can be evidence pointing one way or another, and it's just however the person decides to interpret it. And I feel like that's really prevalent, especially with this theory. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, selection made on 
the on the part of the person who is either espousing these conspiracy theories or, or choosing to believe in them. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, selectivity yeah. uh, is a crucial aspect of it. For sure. And that was another thing because I had to do a research paper in addition to like everything else I'm doing for Capstone. Yeah. But um, one of the, I guess, communications theories that's really prevalent as well is um, like selective exposure confirmation bias, mm. where it's like if people already believe in something, they're only going to look at stuff that confirms their beliefs. So, yeah, and I yeah. think, um, you know, with the polarization of, you know, our country, but really a lot of the Western world um, being attributed to social media or being attributed to these algorithms that YouTube uses. I mean, it is creating this situation where people are just having their own beliefs um, confirmed. Mm -hmm. And so that's creating essentially these silos in which groups of people are just basically only listening. It's, it's an echo chamber, right? Exactly. So you're only listening to what you want to hear. And that creates, I think, a very polarized society, and it makes mm -hmm. it where people can't really, who have differing opinions, uh, can't even sit down and just have, like, a civil conversation. Exactly. That's yeah. another thing. That's actually one of the questions that I wanted to talk about. Um, kind of going back, I wrote, obviously, there wasn't social media when this assassination <coughs> took place, mm -hmm. um, but it was broadcast and everything with the film. So what effect on the situation do you think social media would have had? Like, if people just had their phones mm. out watching the thing happen? I, I think there would have been a lot more in the way of possible accomplices. Um, so I don't know if you've heard the theory of the umbrella man. Vaguely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, apparently there was a, a, a man holding an umbrella uh, at the time that JFK was assassinated. And of course on Dallas uh, on that day, there was no cloud in the sky. Mm -hmm. um, and so the umbrella man has become one of the people that conspiracy theories point to as being a possible, uh, you know, uh, carrying out uh, of this assassination. Mm -hmm. And so he was, they, they eventually caught up to him or they found him and they're like, you know, what is, your, why were you uh, carrying that umbrella? Mm -hmm. uh, and his response was very historical. So I like it. Um, he basically was carrying that umbrella uh, to protest uh, John F. Kennedy's father's appeasement of Adolf Hitler at the Munich Conference. And the reason why he chose the umbrella is because the British Prime Minister, uh, Neville Chamberlain, that was something that he was always seen with, with, a, with an umbrella. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. But, but the conspiracy theory is, cent is centered around, you know, first off, why does he have an umbrella when it's sunny outside? And then there's, like, speculation that did he shoot, like, a, a mm -hmm. poison dart? Uh, yeah, from, from the umbrella, yeah, in which you know the film that you're referring to, the Zabruder yeah. film, um, clearly it's not a dart mm -hmm. that um, struck the president. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, like how social media would—I I don't think it would have made things any better. Well, definitely not. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't mean to be like a basher of all things social media. I think it does have uh, some good purposes, but mm -hmm. I think it would create just more kind of confusion. For sure. Um, and, and would probably just exponentially increase the number of conspiracy theories. Yeah, that just answered my question because mm. I was going to say, did you think, well, do you think it would have lessened the amount of conspiracies mm. because the amount of attention that would be put? Because obviously with social media, right at our fingertips, like right when it happened, it would have been like two seconds later, mm. uploaded on Twitter, uploaded on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And like there would have been so many more perspectives as to what really happened what really happened but as to what happened that you would think that 
there'd be less question because so many people saw it. There were so many different perspectives, but I agree. I think there would definitely be more conspiracies and just more questions. Yeah, I mean, unless somebody was like, had their, you know, and this is according to the official narrative, um, if somebody had their phone pointed at the book depository in which Oswald supposedly fired his shots from, mm-hmm. and that was like, you know, the proof that that's actually what happened, mm-hmm. I don't think more perspectives necessarily would make this, um, it would necessarily lessen how many conspiracy theories there were, possibly, yeah. but yeah, I, I don't think it would. I don't I don't know. I have mixed feelings because then, like, yes, there are all those other perspectives, so it would be kind of like this is definitely what happened. But as we see today, like, even if there is, like, footage of anything, Mm. people are going to claim, oh, that was edited. Mm -hmm. Like, you just changed that before you uploaded it. Yeah, or it's taken out of context. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, I'm I'm thinking as you're you're talking, like, this was a huge collective memory in the psyche of the American people. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, And, of course, what I mean by that is if you were alive and you were of age to actually remember this particular event, you you knew, you know where you were. Um, So for for my generation, of course, it's Mm 9-11. I know exactly where I was when I heard that, you know, the first uh, plane went into the tower. Mm -hmm. Um, And even though social media wasn't in existence in 2001, um, you know, people did have cameras on uh, their phones. It was very rudimentary, of course. Mm-hmm. And, and those images uh, were replayed pretty quickly after, after you know, the first plane went into the tower, so much so that people were obviously tuning in, and they saw live that second uh, plane go into the tower. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it would be interesting kind of to see. Hopefully we don't have any type of tragedy on, on, on par of uh, – you know, an assassination or, yeah, or, or another major terrorist attack like that. Um, But if it was kind of captured in the social media age, like, you know, how, how different would that be from these earlier collective memory experiences? I know this is a little different than like those two events, but like the war on Ukraine and everything, Mm -hmm. that's definitely being broadcast. Mm -hmm. And um, for symposium last semester one of my classes we actually chose that as our topic Mm. it was for telecom so like telecommunications and everything and Mm. we kind of talked about how technology is affecting the war on ukraine Mm -hmm. and like social media and Mm -hmm. everything and one of the things that i focused on was specifically tiktok because a lot of people were taking the situation to their own advantage and being like like my tiktok if you support Mm. ukraine and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but then there were actual people who were like they would go on live streams for like 24 hours and like the money that they raise would be donated mm. to like an actual cause and everything. Mm-hmm. So like you said, obviously I hope nothing happens like another assassination or another, like another nine 11 terrorist attack situation happens. But I think it really would be interesting to see how the advent of social media would affect the outcome, I guess. Yeah, no, I mean the, the reference to Ukraine, I mean, I think one of the things that, uh, the Ukrainian p- president uh, Zelensky, uh, what he's very savvy with is his ability to utilize social media. Um, you know, the fact that he was um, taking a selfie or maybe it was a TikTok post or something uh, with him being on the streets of Kiev mm-hmm. with the Russian military uh, attacking his country, um, telling his people that he's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you would have had that Ukrainian response. I don't think Ukraine would even be in this war if their president had not been able to, first off, be courageous because, you know, 
he could have easily left the country mm -hmm. um, and governed in exile, but ultimately it would have meant that his country would have been taken over by the Russians. Yeah. And so I think his ability to really capitalize on that um, rallied the Ukrainian people. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so like, you know, I don't mean to like bash social media because yeah. obviously it, it can be used uh, for very uh, positive purposes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it reminds me of a quote that Aldous Huxley said when he said, uh, technology is, is morally neutral. You know, it's about how we apply it. Mm -hmm. um, it it's, 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 our, it's in our hands to use it either positively or negatively. Exactly. So. Another theory is that the CIA ordered for the assassination because of JFK's failed, like, Bay of Pigs invasion and everything. So mm -hmm. do you see that being plausible as well? Not as well, but... I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, the CIA has been uh, involved in some pretty sketchy things uh, before. Usually it's um, against other countries, uh, politicians. I mean, you know, before JFK became president, uh, Dwight Eisenhower used the CIA to overthrow democratically elected regimes in Iran and uh, Guatemala. And so when Kennedy replaced Eisenhower, or he didn't replace him, but as he succeeded him, um, the Eisenhower administration had already drawn up plans through the CIA for something like the Bay of Pigs. Mm -hmm. And so when Kennedy became president, um, Dulles, he brought this memo saying basically all you have to do is sign on the dotted line and we'll use the CIA to overthrow Castro. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that happening... Um, very early in Kennedy's presidency. I mean, of course, his whole presidency was uh, shortened because of his assassination, but I think that experience um, created possibly a negative impression in his mind uh, of the CIA. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure that there were a lot of just kind of uh, confrontations between, between uh, the presidency and the CIA. But, you know, whether or not that resulted in the CIA actually going in and assassinating a president, again, if it's not an American one, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but if it's an American one, I, I just, uh, you know, maybe I'm naive, but I, I like to think that, like, you know, your, your own country uh, wouldn't do that. But. Yeah, I like what you said. Like, I'd like to think that. <laughs> That's a lot of things that um, doing these podcasts and everything, it's like, I'd like to think that this isn't true, but yeah. <laughs> that's just the, not the devil's advocate of me, but just the glass is always half full person yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, no i mean i think it is you know i think as with any conspiracy theory you know i think um there is a healthy a little healthy aspect to it because it does um it does um, require questioning of accepted narratives mm -hmm. um but i think you know that healthy dose can be um diminish quite quickly like sure. it, you know the rabbit holes that it leads you down yeah probably um are doing more harm th than good for sure yeah. yeah okay the next well the final theory that i kind of wanted to bring up is the possibility of jfk's vice president lyndon b mm. johnson plotting to kill jfk in order for him to become the president yeah i mean again you know <laughs> it's um it's something that it's hard to comprehend that Johnson, who had been um, a politician in Washington for, you know, three decades, he entered his freshman year when FDR won the presidency the first time. And so this is a man who was very well versed in Washington politics. I mean, the fact that it did take place in his state, 
I mean, I guess is what kind of lends, mm-hmm. you know, the, or gives fire or, or gives uh, oxygen to this this conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just. Uh, I think Johnson, I mean, he, while him and Kennedy, I think, didn't get along on everything, I mean, uh, Kennedy obviously was um, an aristocrat from New England. Johnson had a different upbringing mm-hmm. being from Texas. Um, so they were definitely different personalities. But I think Johnson, um, you know, would he be willing to risk possibly becoming president after Kennedy's terms um, through something like rumors of him being mm-hmm. behind the assassination, I just, it's, it's kind of hard to... No, I'm with you on that, <laughs> because it's like, for that, definitely the risk would out- outweigh the reward, because mm-hmm. if that really is the truth, and that did end up, like, being proven to be true and everything, then probably he's going to get impeached. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> knock on wood, hopefully he would, yeah. but yeah. you never know. Um, but yeah, I think, I think again, the fact that it happened in his state... Exactly, And yeah. the fact that these two men didn't necessarily see eye to eye... Um, is what it's kind of just people like putting random things together and just saying that it means something yeah I mean again it's that selection exactly kind of selecting these random facts that like kind of do cause you to at least pause and say well that is interesting that it did happen in Johnson's own state of Texas but like you know is that just is that just a coincidence or is there like more to it there Um, I I don't I don't believe that there is but Yeah. yeah That's one of my favorite things about conspiracy theories is just finding, like, the random coincidences and being like, okay, that makes sense. But realistically, like, the realistic part of me is, like, there's no way any of these theories are true. But, yeah, 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 I don't know. I mean, like, after the fact, I'm sure you've encountered this in your research, but I think, like, ten people who were eyewitnesses uh, to Kennedy's assassination within, like, three years, they all died. Mm -hmm. Um, And, again, that's pretty – that seems pretty suspicious. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of this film. Uh, it's called The Parallax View. It was in the 1970s, I think like 1973, 74, and it starred Warren Beatty. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it centers around this corporation. It's called the Parallax Corporation. And they basically recruit disgruntled loners. They brainwash them to go and carry out assassinations of political leaders within the United States. But one aspect of it is in one of these assassinations of a high-profile politician, the eyewitnesses all died within, like, you know, a couple of, I think it was even, like, just a couple of months. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that happened here during, you know, the aftermath to the Kennedy assassination that, like, I think at least least eight, if not, like, Mm double-digit of the eyewitnesses, like, they they died. That is so weird. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of getting back. Is that just, like, is that just a coincidence? Exactly, because... Like, if that happened to just a normal person, like, if someone was murdered on the street or something, which, not not knock on wood, because that happens and everything, but, like, if it was just an average, everyday person, and then that, like, the eyewitnesses around them all die, like, no one's going to bat an eyelash, bat an eye at that, because it's just just an everyday person. But since it was the president, it's, like, people just taking these random occurrences and being like, oh, that definitely, it's like a correlation equals causation type thing, like, that definitely proves it. Yeah. It just, it could just be a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is kind of crazy, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then I guess my final question, do you think any of these theories are more plausible or likely than others? I mean, to me, I guess the most plausible one would be the Russian involvement, the Soviet mm-hmm. involvement. 
Um, but then again, like, you know, what, what's, what's like analyzed, like the, the cost benefit yeah. or you know, like the, the, the high risk calculation of assassinating an American president and possibly risk, risking nuclear war mm-hmm. with the United States. I mean, you know, I think the Soviets um, probably were attempting to undermine Kennedy mm-hmm. uh, in, in less kind of um, newsworthy ways. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think to me that would probably be kind of the one that, you know, if there was any type of, like, evidence to back it up, that would be the one that I'd be like, yeah, that makes the most sense. Yeah. You know, the Umbrella Man... Um, the CIA, um, you know, we haven't even talked about the mafia. There was this, you know, you know, this feeling that because Kennedy's brother, Robert Kennedy at the Justice Department, because he had gone on his quote-unquote anti-mafia crusade and because there mm-hmm. was all the, the arrest of all these high-ranking mafia officials that the mafia were trying to get back yeah. and, and, and assassinating Kennedy. I mean, you know, again, there are pieces of all these theories that, like, you know, on their own kind of cause you to pause. But then put in the broader context, it's just kind of like, I don't know if that really holds, you yeah, know, that makes sense. holds weight. That just reminded me, because you said the Umbrella Man again, <laughs> and that just reminded me of something, because, like, growing up, I would always watch, like, different conspiracy videos on YouTube, just mm-hmm. out of boredom and just yeah. curiosity, whatever. And I watched, I think it was a BuzzFeed Unsolved one, and, like they obviously mentioned the umbrella man and then like you mentioned before like there was facts like why he was actually mm-hmm. there why he had the umbrella and everything but no one ever mentions that mm-hmm. so even if there are facts that disprove a conspiracy people are still going to take it and run with it yeah. yeah and i mean the umbrella man's justification for having his umbrella on that sunny day in november of 1963 i mean you know that's a pretty like his, his justification for it like it's pretty like it's like wow you know you really thought that out like yeah. you know, he's there to like protest the fact that kennedy's father was part of the appeasement of hitler he's using that uh that symbol that neville chamberlain mm-hmm. always had it's kind of like you know this isn't just something that like you know like mm-hmm. i don't know maybe he was just he really did his homework and he really yeah. was able to like fool me um, <laughs> but like it's like i don't know it's a pretty well thought out like mm-hmm. kind of justification for why he had an umbrella and i'm sure people took that and it's just like you thought that through too much yeah so that's obviously <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a pretty good explanation we're suspicious now exactly <laughs> yeah like that's too good to be true yeah yeah, yeah. Well. i could talk about this for a while but i do think like one of the things that's um beyond kind of like who's responsible is just that conspiracy theory that maybe kennedy didn't die Mm-hmm. Um, that he was either um, taken to an, uh, an island in the Mediterranean, or there's even people who said that he was actually taken to Cuba uh, mm-hmm. uh, and, and lived out the rest of his life brain dead uh, in one of those locations. And this is centered around the belief that the American people would not be able to uh, deal with seeing this man who was so vigorous, who was so young, uh, who was so full of life, now becoming... Uh, a vegetable, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why I bring that up is because it was it, it appeared in uh, a movie that came out last spring called Apollo Ten and a Half. Um, this is by the Austin film director Richard Linklater, and he is basically um, talking about growing up in Houston during the 1960s. And his mom was a big conspiracy theorist back mm-hmm. in the 60s, which you know. It's interesting to think about, like, conspiracy theorists in the 60s. Like, yeah. how are they getting, like, their information if there wasn't 
uh, Alex Jones or how are they getting their information if there wasn't, you know, the internet. Yeah. But like she still was like she was just sitting around the dinner table, uh, and every time she would come over, she would like you know articulate this new conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. But she's like sitting around the dinner table smoking a cigarette, and the kids are all listening and rapt attention. And she's like, you know, Kennedy didn't really die. Um, you know, the government just has have has moved him so mm-hmm. that the people don't have to see their their president uh, brain dead. Mm-hmm. So that's another that does kind of like it's just one of the things that it makes sense but realistically like I don't know because it really does make sense to me because I feel like that's another thing that would honestly just shatter like the Americans perception of someone of someone in power because it's like you see the president and obviously they're the president so mm-hmm. you don't want to see them in that state. Yeah. So like it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. But then, again, if you go back and you look at the Zabruder film, if yep. you go and you look at the autop- uh, autopsy photos with him, you know, mm-hmm. on the slab, it's like, I mean, he looks he looks pretty pretty, pretty dead, dead to me. But, yeah. you know, it does, you know, for a country that is um, mourning or a country that's gone through mm-hmm. that trauma, like seeing um, this once vigorous man, mm-hmm. you know, now incapable of getting up or moving, that would be pretty traumatic in itself. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, that's the last thing I thought was just kind of interesting. No, I agree. That is really interesting, and I totally forgot to mention that in my mm. questions and stuff. But, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, so that is all that I have. Thank okay. you for being a guest. Yeah, no problem. So I enjoyed very, it. Yeah, it was very fun to talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Conspiracy Theoryology. Be sure to tune in every Friday for a new episode with host Emma Marti. Keep an eye open. Someone's always watching.